Welcome to the Conscious Relationship Uncoupling and Parenting Summit. It's me, Lucia Gabriela, your host and producer. And today we have the honor to introduce to you an amazing speaker, mother, and creator of an amazing product that we're so excited for you to learn about. Her name is Katrina Bellencourt. She's passionate about compassion and the teachings of nonviolent communication. Katrina is a relationship coach, a certified sexuality educator, co-founder of Love Coach Academy, and creator of Love Smart Card, an educational and practical application tool she created to aid in the development of emotional intelligence, the skills such as empathy, gratitude, conflict resolution, and chaotic building. We are so excited to welcome you into our summit, Katrina. Thank you for joining us and saying yes to us so much, Lucia. It's really my pleasure to be on this call. And I'm so moved by your choice to just be in a place of leadership and bring so many tools about raising consciousness and collective healing out into the world. So thank you for bringing us all together so that we can share our gifts and to a wider audience. Thank you. I can really cannot wait. I mean, I'm, I am so excited to learn from you today because I know the why you have powerful tool that from everybody that I listened to, uh, they told me about you, they told me about the product that you're going to be talking about and, and I hope you and you and your, and your relationship with your own child is truly fascinating. So I really felt that desire to share with our community and also to show what is possible because there are solutions out there for us to be great parents, to be conscious parents and great and great communication in our relationship with our kids. So I'm so excited. So today's topic is about less fighting, more loving. But before um, you share with us your presentation, Katrina, we would like to learn from you. What brought you to uh, being in this process and this experience of living uh, conscious par uh, parenting? Well, thank you. I really love the question because the really the presentation is about how do we move from unconscious reaction into being able to be uh, consciously responsible and a choice and i'll be using actually a classic example in the presentation using this tool the love smart cards that you mentioned um, which are available of course on my website uh, for purchase and so i'll share with you about that too but my journey started uh, about 10 years ago when i was, I was still a young mother my son was uh, 10 years old at the time, and we'd had, um, we'd had a painful time apart. There was a long time when uh, I was in conflict with his dad, and he was living at his dad's house, and we just didn't get to see each other a lot. So when he was 10 years old, I'd been able to use the principles of nonviolent communication to reestablish custody without having to go through the court system, and that was a great success. So I knew that they were powerful tools, um, but I had a new challenge on my plate. My son was throwing incredible tantrums every single day. He would wrap himself around my leg and he'd start screaming, I hate you, I hate you, I want to live with my dad. Oh my goodness, as a mother that was so hard <laughs> to receive. And again, this happened daily and it happened for I believe it was six months before I was just like, oh, God help me. 
And, you know, sometimes we, we ask for help from spirit and an answer just comes through. So that was my experience in this case. And I created my first set of Love Smart cards because I need a tool that I could use to practice these, these new teachings I had learned, these precious teachings of nonviolent communication. It's like it was hard to find workshops and hiring somebody was just not something I could do as a single mom. But I recognized that just being able to use the vocabulary and start practicing some core principles would make a big difference. So I created this, this tool. So it's right here. And I uh, worked out a deal with my son. And that deal was that every time he played this card game with me, he'd earn a point. And when he got to 100 points, I was going to buy him the video game of his choice. And that was exciting enough that he was willing to do this with me. So the perfect opportunity came up when it was uh, dinner time one day, and I sent his friends home. And I could feel that tension rising. It was like, whoop, okay, here, here we go. And so as, he, as his tension started rising, I said, Jaden, would you like to earn your first point? And he said, yes, I would. So I pulled out a deck of cards, and they're uh, emotion cards. And these are the unpleasant emotions that happen, you know, when we're in pain. And I said, so for the, first, for the first exercise, I'm just going to guess what it is you're feeling. I'm going to flip through these cards and guess what it is you're feeling. And you just let me know if I got it right or if I missed something. So I started looking through the cards, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm guessing that you're, you're bored. You're frustrated, you're irritated, you're sad. And you know, I went through the cards and, and guessed angry, guessed many emotions, put them down, and so said, so is this what you're feeling? And he looked at it and he said, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm feeling. I said, okay, great, would you like another point? And uh, he said yes, and so I pulled out a set of cards which are um, their universal needs, longings, and desires. And so with this set of cards, I said, I'm just going to guess now what it is you want right now. And so again, I'm flipping through the cards, and I, I'm like, well, I'm guessing you'd really like choice. You'd like fairness. You'd like friendship, <laughs> play, um, laughter, connection. And so I put down a bunch of cards that are these, uh, it's this category of universal needs. It's really core to the teachings of nonviolent communication. So again, I put them down, and then I turned to him and said, so, you know, how'd I do? And he said, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm looking for. And said, great, would you like another point? And he said, yes. And so for the next two points, I gave him those same two sets of cards, and I asked him if he could identify what emotions I was going through and what I was really wanting. And what I was really surprised by was his level of accuracy. You know, he started putting down cards like sad, frustrated, tired, irritated, you know, recognizing the emotions I was going through. And uh, then he starts putting down some belongings, wanting cooperation, you're wanting care, you're wanting love, you're wanting compassion. And as he's putting down these needs, it was such a contrast from these fits that I'd been experiencing with him. I had tears going down my eyes. My son understands that I need love. <laughs> so 
So he gets all, puts all the cards down, and he turns to me, and he sees my tears, and he goes, Mommy, are you okay? And I said, yes. Thank you so much for understanding what's going on for me. <sighs> and he says, Mommy, I love you. And he wraps his arms around me, and it was just the sweetest hug. And those fits stopped overnight. And in the next hundred points to get his video game, I think we had one other like minor conflict to work out, which was such a fabulous breakthrough. And so in those next hundred points, I just developed a bunch of different activities that I could do with him to continue to develop his emotional intelligence. So it included gratitude practice. We'd go out and play basketball. And then I'd ask him what his pleasant feelings were and what what needs were met for him by playing basketball. Uh, we talked about character strengths. And you know, these are the qualities that really just support you to have a happy and successful life. So I said, which of these character strengths do you think are going to be most important for you to have a happy and successful life? He chose eight of them and then created a drawing to represent him and all of those character strengths. And we put that up on the refrigerator. And then when he'd have a challenge at school or with a friend, we'd often just walk to the refrigerator and I said, well, which of those character strengths do you think would help you here? And if you applied that, what might you do? So it really started to train his brain around the importance of empathy for himself, for others, of gratitude for the good things he has in life, and of character development to be able to uh, really practice being responsible, forgiving, caring, generous, loving, kind, but also to acknowledge that in people around them and to see how their hearts get lit up when they receive acknowledgement for the beauty that they're adding to his life or that you know, that he sees them displaying in the world. Uh, so that was wonderful. And then, you know, another actually really big piece was the breakthrough I had when he would uh, come home from times with his, his dad, and his dad would get into name calling. So I'd use a card process to be able to help him use uh, the emotional intelligence skills so that he could ground and center himself, find compassion for himself and for his father, and to return to that situation empowered. And it was great because I didn't have to talk to his dad. He was actually empowered to be able to do it himself. And, you know, as, as a parent who's trying to do co-parenting after a really bad divorce, man, I can't even tell you how valuable that is to have the cards as a bridge for co-parenting. So I'm really excited about, of course, what I experienced with my son and have shared with friends and with clients ever since. And that's what's compelled me. I'm sure my, my, enthusiasm, uh, my enthusiasm for this bubbles over sometimes. Um, but again, thanks for asking. <laughs> I just shook in with that energy. Oh, gosh. Um, as a mother, I can really so much with you. Ah, oh, I can feel your, your heart and the energy on this. And for our audience, it's important to know that this summit also, you know, shares a lot of vulnerability from my side <laughs> and the speakers. <laughs> so, you know, being a single, single mom, but I have a partner now, but when we go through the process of divorce, that's why I was so excited to, you know, create this summit for our audience to know. The reason why we created this summit is for our kid, the kid of the present. Um, you know, we have so many blended family. We have so big high uh, divorce rate. 
we have family that are breaking apart every day. And yeah, we can be on our growth, in our path of growth evolution, and we go to courses and seminars and all these amazing experiences to transform our life. But there's a level that when we interact with another human being that is younger than us, especially our children, sometimes we kind of forget that they have the ability to actually feel us, but they just don't know how to interact with us. They don't know how to talk to us. They don't know, they just don't know how to come across, how to be heard. Because if we go through the process of divorce, separation, or you know, relocation or anything, we parents, we go through so much, right? Like, and sometimes we don't, we can learn so much, but if not integrating and grounding ourselves, you know, and we don't have the tool, practical tools. And, and that's what, that's what I fell in love with, uh, with your love card, um, Katrina, because when uh, we had one mutual friend talk to me about this and we spent like an hour on the phone <laughs> and she's playing how to also have help her clients in their relationship. I was like, oh my God, I, I have to learn more about this and and what I love about what you share not just here but also in your website you said something that you have done just all these nonviolent communications um, all these you know values and virtues and and learn so much but there was nothing something tangible that can help us and what I love about this is it is something so tangible <sighs> that is help us to communicate at a deeper level with our kid. And it also is an interaction game, a way that, that they can learn to also trust intuitions. Because the, the power of this card that is it's not just like guessing, but actually it developed at a very young age to trust intuition and to trust the feeling and to trust the feeling and the empathy that they have for the human being, like to level and amplify ah, the energy that, that they can read and they can sense and they can embody and they can express it without with no shame, no fear, no guilt, any of those stuff. So as a parent, that had been my passion. Like, you know, the conscious parenting part of the summit is actually what gave birth to the whole summit itself. It because, you know, some of you know, I'm doing this for myself, for my daughter. And you have no idea how many friends I have that gone through divorce and separation. And, and they just lost. They, I, I have so many friends that, you know, we're working on the process of having help. And the kids are like, I hate you. I hate you. And I was like, as a parent, we're like, oh, my God. And, you know, I love to talk to the kids. It's like every time you say, I hate you. It's like you actually throwing a knife to your parent and actually killing them in the heart. That's what you want. That's what you desire. That's what you see yourself doing. And they look at me like, no, I love my mom. So I'm like, there's no reason to use the word. So especially as a parent, so painful for us. So I am so in love with this conversation. And I'm like, cannot wait to learn more from you. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, that, you know, that piece about throwing out, I hate you, they're just, they're in pain. And as you said, they don't have the words to be able to express that. And so many of us who have gone through divorce, it's been a very painful process. And we don't even have the words to express it. We were never taught how to communicate in a conscious way and how to work through conflict 
in a way that inspires deeper love and deeper intimacy. So using these card tools and following the process that I'm going to walk you through uh, not only helps us to, again, have less fighting and more loving with our, our partner, but also with our kids. Our kids, when they say, I hate you, what they're saying is, I'm in pain and I want to know that you care. I don't trust that you care right now. And so being able to practice empathy and gratitude to demonstrate, I adore you. <laughs> You're my child. I care about you so much. Your needs matter to me. Using this card tool is it's such a wonderful grounding practice. It's just going to serve them in every area of their life. So I love your enthusiasm. It just feels so wonderful to, to have uh, my passion met. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So we are going to start learning now. Let's do it. So the name of this presentation is Less Fighting, More Loving, because conflict's inevitable. We're going to have our differences, but fighting really does not need to happen. So again, I'm really looking forward to just sharing with you this process that I know is going to help you out. What we're going to go over is um, really learning what is it that your emotions are telling you. Emotions can be overwhelming. It's like they take over. So what is it that they're actually trying to say? And then we're going to understand what is the core cause of every fight. You're going to know after this presentation how to stop a fight before it goes out of control. And you'll see what the practices are uh, to restoring harmony. And then we'll, we'll review the steps, step by step, what you do to go from conflict to a win-win solution in a way that uh, it can avoid the fighting, but still work through the challenges that occur between two people. So, again, we're going to go through a classic example um, and look at how the core cause of every fight, it's their desperately competing needs. But a fight only happens when the strategies that people are trying to use to meet those needs are at odds with each other. It's not the needs that are creating problems, it's, it's the strategies that are out of alignment. When those strategies are out of alignment, we can sometimes go into a, a win-lose uh, paradigm. You know, for me to get my way, you can't get your way, or I'm just going to have to give up what I want because you win again. Right? And those are some of those unconscious ways that uh, are habituated into our culture. And they're unsustainable. If one person wins and the other person loses, the love bond starts to dissolve. So we don't need to do this anymore. There's always a way to a win-win. And when we're committed to finding that and we really apply the tools to find that, that's what creates lasting love. So we're going to look at a, a classic example of a relationship between Jack and Jill. They love each other a lot, but life has been really full between work and other life responsibilities, and they're really stressed. So Jill, when she's stressed, she likes to relieve her stress by hanging out with girlfriends, and she likes doing uh, creative projects. So tonight she wants to go out to dinner and wants to go dancing with her friends. And Jack, he relieves stress by having quiet time. He wants to be away from people, like going to his man cave, right? That might be sometimes it's watching sports, reading a book, going for a walk. Um, but tonight, he's also really missing his time with Jill. He's hoping for a quiet night at home. 
and he especially enjoys having intimacy and connection with her. So again, it's a classic male-female challenge. She relieves stress through connection and creativity, and he relieves stress through peace, quiet, and figuring out how he can turn off his mind. Unfortunately, they don't know how to work out this conflict yet, so their old habits create an escalation of arguing, which turns into raised voices, harsh words with each other, and eventually that pain reaches a threshold. So, you know, he starts saying, God, you're so selfish. Why is it you need to go out dancing all the time? And she's like, what are you talking about dancing all the time? I haven't gone dancing in a month. Right? So they, they start out with these competing strategies, but it just starts to escalate. And, and it can go into name calling. It can go into making loud noises. It can go into threatening behavior. Uh, and eventually one of them is just in so much pain, they just shout, I can't take this anymore. I'm leaving. And they slam the door as they disappear. It's, uh, Pretty, pretty common situation, some, some variation of that I know that we can all relate to. So their emotions have escalated from a moderate form of stress to serious stress. If they'd had the love smart cards and the teachings that go hand in hand with the card tool though, they could have avoided the escalation and moved towards creating a win-win strategy. So let's suppose they do have the cards. The first step they would do is to discover what they're feeling. So whether they do this together or they start doing this in separate spaces, they would take out that gray set of cards that I showed you. These are emotions connected to unfulfilled longings. And they'd start flipping through those emotions decks to discover what emotions are present for them. So again, in this case, it's going to be primarily the unpleasant emotions, those that are showing pain. So we can see as they flip through the set of cards, those two uh, rows in the center are the shared emotions. They're both very stressed. So, you know, they're feeling self-protective, heavy-hearted, troubled, torn, tired, uncomfortable, vulnerable, worried, sensitive, and sad. She also is feeling restless, impatient, skeptical, discouraged, disappointed, and frustrated. She wants to go dancing. He's trying to get her to stay home. Meanwhile, He's feeling lonely, exhausted, overwhelmed, hurt, insecure, and angry. How dare she go out dancing? I need her home with me. Can't we have some time together? This is a very core important teaching in compassionate communication is simply to take time to understand our emotions and to recognize that our emotions are letting us know if our core needs are met or unmet. So what are those underlying needs? And we can see those peeking through the, the image here. So when they flip through the, uh, the universal needs cards, they can see again, they have some shared needs. And these are needs that uh, are part of their relationship. The, the need for love, partnership, respect, acceptance, consideration, and equality. And that's happening for both of them in this situation. But again, they have different strategies, and those different strategies are uh, trying to meet their strategies that are trying to meet different needs. Right? She relieves stress through connection, community, creativity, friendship, 
having, having that connection with her community. And again, he wants to be in that place of peace and quiet, but he also wants time with her. He wants that nurturing. He wants support. He wants appreciation. He wants to feel reciprocity. If Jill doesn't understand what Jack's needs are, but hers are really strong, then she can come to a place that she's not demonstrating care for her, her excuse me, <laughs> if she is not understanding his needs and showing care for them, then uh, the communication can break down and vice versa. If, if he's like, well, you know, I see your needs, but, but mine are so important, then communication can break down again. So again, there's, there's a sense of desperate needs. They're very stressed and there's different strategies. And this is really the core of all, all conflict and eventually all fighting, all escalation. Taking time to understand each other's feelings and needs is a form of empathy, right? Just like I did with my son, that was the very first practice. What are you feeling and what is it you want? It helps us to stay in our hearts, connected to ourselves and to each other to remember how important the relationship is. When we're successful at sharing empathy with each other, each of us see it, each of us feels heard, seen, and cared for. And again, sometimes, even though we've shared empathy, the emotional pain and tension is still high, and finding solutions can still be difficult. This is because we have a powerful, natural drive to meet our own needs. Right? They, they, they have these needs, the shared needs for partnership. They each have their own needs here. And, and if they can't find a conscious strategy to meet those needs, if they try and bury their needs, it's like, okay, fine, you win this time, I lose, I'm not going to have my needs met, you're going to have your needs, your needs met, then that's going to perpetuate an unconsciousness. There'll be a resentment that builds up. And it's like, oh, I need my needs to be met. <laughs> right? So that can create some some retaliation later where she's like, well, I don't care what you need. I need to go dancing. I haven't gone dancing so long, right? It perpetuates that fight again. And so what we want to recognize is that we are naturally compelled to fulfill those, those needs, those longings through conscious or unconscious strategies. If we don't consciously seek to meet them, our unconscious will take over and seek to meet them for us. So if we go back to the opening example uh, with Jack and Jill, you might remember that they started out frustrated. Jack did not want Jill to go out. Jill didn't want to stay. She didn't want to have to stay home. Both of them were already in a triggered state. Because they didn't have these communication tools necessary to resolve the conflict, it escalated and one of them walked out the door. So they went from what I call a yellow light state of conflict where they were feeling triggered into a red light state of conflict, which really means it's time to stop. And the challenge here is to stop that conflict before it goes into the harsh words and the slamming of doors. Raising your voice and using harsh words is an unconscious and reactive form of fighting. It inflicts pain on the people we love. You know, just, just like you said, when a child says, I hate you to their parents, it's darts to those parents' heart. At the same time, the silent treatment or, you know, walking out the door, especially slamming it, 
It's, it's another form of, of fight, flight, and freeze. It's all coming from this part of the brain that's often referred to as the reptilian brain. The reptilian brain is actually a part of the brain. It's really core. It's right above the brain stem, and it's literally, it's the first part of your brain that forms after conception. Its function is very simple. It stays alert to determine if you're feeling safe or unsafe. And if it senses you're feeling unsafe, it uses these strategies of fight, flight, and freeze as a way of ensuring physical survival. Now, this was a great thing for our ancestors who had to, they, you know, physical survival was important. They uh, ran on impulse and instinct in order to stay alive. Fortunately, though, we've evolved past time of saber-toothed tigers, and for the most part, there aren't like warring neighbor, neighboring tribes, um, we, you know, spears, guns. We're, for the most part, we're away from that. Um, but while we have evolved as human beings and as a society, our brain hasn't caught up yet. So these automatic mechanisms that, that go into, gosh, I don't feel safe, and, and boom, fight, flight, freeze. It, it shuts down the limbic brain. It's very automatic, and it will run its course, creating unconscious reactions in us. That's what happens when we go past triggered and into that place where we start using harsh words, where we start saying things we will later regret. But this can be turned around. We can calm that part of our brain. When it gets really strongly stimulated though, I, it's gonna take at least 20 minutes. Your brain, your whole brain that, that has empathy and intelligence, intuition, it literally goes offline because the reptilian brain says, none of that matters right now, I just need to survive. So we need to just take a step and say, okay, you know, let's honor that, that core need for survival, that core need for safety. And the first step is really take a deep breath into your belly. <sighs> like a few of those can help. But understand that if you do really a great job taking care of yourself, it's still going to take you at least 20 minutes to calm down. So we want to just work that into the equation when we think about de-escalating a fight, right? If you get to that point, you need at least a 20-minute break. So that pattern is very automatic. But again, even our automatic patterns can be changed. Our brains have neuroplasty. They run on neurological patterns until new patterns are created and established through practice and repetition we can create new patterns. The most important decision you can make in your life for sake of all your relationships is to consciously choose to shift this self-defeating pattern and replace it with practices that cultivate compassion, intelligence, creativity, and ultimately cooperative solutions. This is how we move from unconscious reactions to conscious responses in every area of our life. Jack and Jill love each other very much, but sometimes in times of duress, they forget. Fortunately, they've learned how to watch for those triggers. They watch for that yellow light situation, and when those triggers begin, if I should say, 
if and when those triggers begin to escalate, they're committed to taking conscious and connected timeouts so that they can recenter themselves and return to each other with love and care back in that whole brain place, that place where you're connected to your heart, to your intelligence, and to that sense of intuition, that place that really serves the relationship. So at the end of this presentation, I'm gonna let you know how you can get a protocol for creating those conscious connected timeouts, just really step by step so you'll be able to establish that in your relationships. And for now, we'll move on. So Jack and Jill recognize that in order to make their love last, they need to discipline themselves to practice the key to restoring harmony, which is practicing emotional intelligence skills, including empathy for each other's feelings and needs, gratitude for the beauty that they share, and character strength development to keep them on the path of love and personal evolution that they're inspired to embody in their lives to rewire their brains so that rather than repeating old unconscious and sometimes hurtful patterns, they can create new patterns that support their love for each other and desire to have a beautiful relationship that is supportive of the love bond they share as well as their unique longings as individuals. So in this situation, if they find they're still triggered and challenged to access their authentic care for each other, they use the Love Smart cards to support their ability to get grounded and, and, and centered through appreciation. So they take an opportunity to remember pleasant feelings they've had when they have been connected to their love for each other and to remember what needs and longings were, were fulfilled and they know that they can be fulfilled again in the future in relationship with each other. I'm just pausing for a moment because there's a beautiful quote on this slide about empathy. This is one of my favorite quotes because this piece to empathy runs deep. So I think it's worth reading out loud. Empathy is a social and emotional tool that helps us feel and understand the emotions, circumstances, intentions, thoughts, and needs of others such that we can offer sensitive, perceptive, and appropriate communication and support. That one is worth writing down and memorizing. It really, really speaks to the heart of what this work is about. So we're gonna go into gratitude practice with Jack and Jill. So they take out the emotions that are connected to fulfill longings cards and the, uh, these, the universal needs cards so that they can identify and, and remember like, oh yeah, remember, remember that beautiful date we went on where we were just so connected and full of joy what did that feel like? What did it feel like to be in love with you? To remember just the beautiful essence that makes up our love bond. So they sit facing each other and gazing into each other's eyes and they choose to stir up those memories. As they do so, they recognize the, the emotions that you see on the screen here. Again, there's shared emotions. We felt loving, alive, grateful, blessed, adoring, affectionate, passionate, appreciative, open-hearted, content, rejuvenated, relaxed, all these yummy feelings, right? She also has feelings that she really remembers and connects to, as, as did he. 
And on the bottom are the, the shared needs that were just wonderfully met. And no doubt there were more as well. But just taking time to remember this instills their body with the, the lightness and brightness of uh, the joy that they have in their relationship. It reminds them of how precious the relationship is to both of them and how much they want to keep feeling that love and care with each other forever. So after taking time to do this gratitude practice with each other, they take the next step. And that one is to look at character strengths. What character strengths are they inspired to bring to the challenge that they're having? So when they flip through the character strength cards, the ones that they choose are some core shared values, which are just core to their relationship. They're both deeply committed to being devoted, being committed, compassionate, understanding, caring, and fair. In this particular challenge, Jill finds that she really wants to be attentive to Jack. She cares about this man and wants to understand what's going on for him. She wants to be flexible about her plans and creative to see how she can take care of herself and, and also really show up for him. He notices that he, he just loves this woman. He just wants to embrace her. He loves her exuberance. He knows how much dancing means to her and being with her girlfriends means to her. So he finds that he's actually more compelled to be encouraging of her, to spend that time with her girlfriends. And, and he feels his own generosity, his desire to be generous in that. So, at that point, they've created a solid foundation to be able to brainstorm together. They consider options without attachment to their personal ideas. Their attachment is to finding a solution that honors both their needs and their love for each other. And the conversation continues until a solution is found. When Jill offers a solution and Jack has an objection to something about it, Jill chooses to listen carefully to his objection to understand what needs are not met by her idea. And this helps her to consider how her idea might be adjusted in a way that could feel good to Jack. And having established that emotional foundation where they can respond to each other with empathy and intelligence, this form of care for each other goes both ways and they find a solution. Jack and Jill decide that they're gonna spend 30 minutes of connected time in each other's arms before she leaves. Not talking, just holding each other, kissing and caressing. Then Jack would lovingly send her off to hang out with her girlfriends knowing that she would keep it relatively short and be home by 9.30. This would give them time to enjoy being in each other's arms again before going to bed. By working together using the Love Smart cards and practicing the emotional intelligence skills, they've reestablished their feelings of love and care for each other and the joy they have for contributing to each other's well-being. And by having found this solution together, they know that if they should have a similar conflict, they've already got a strategy that works well. So in reviewing the, the steps that we just went through, the first piece, and it's just so core, is to anchor yourself in remembering how much the relationship means to you. 
sometimes it can be hard to keep that in view because we're in pain. And it's so important to go, okay, pain aside for a moment. Let me practice gratitude. Let me remember the sweetness we share. Let's be committed to finding a win-win because that's what creates sustainable, everlasting love. Just stepping into this, this principle that everyone's needs matter. No one left behind. The next piece is to identify what is the situation that's not working. What, what challenge are you trying to figure out? Then you take time to identify what emotions are arising for each party. And what are those, those needs, values, longings, and desires that is driving each person and, and their strategies? That next step and, and what we did in the process was to go into gratitude. And again, that's if, if for whatever reason you're having a hard time remembering how much you care, right? if empathy is making it, you're like, okay, but I really, really know my needs and I'm not so sure I wanna support your needs. We really gotta go back into that place of gratitude and reconnection so that you can create that foundation where win-wins can happen. From that place, you want to identify the character strengths that are going to inspire you and might serve you to resolve the challenge. Then you can co-creatively seek solutions that meet each other's needs. So that's, that's that brainstorming. And I like the idea of, you know, you don't want to necessarily jump at the first strategy that arises, but instead you offer it, I like to call it the platter of possibility. So hmm, how, how could we possibly solve this? And remember that there are so many possible solutions. We just need to get out of thinking that we have the right one and open our minds to considering many ideas that maybe previously were out of the box. And it's so important, we don't want to force our solutions on other people. When we create demands or ultimatums, it's definitely not a win-win. The other person feels like they really lost out. And again, it hurts the relationship. So if you can't honestly find that win-win solution, take that time to look for deeper mutual understanding. Like Jill did when she threw out an idea and Jack had an objection. She went, okay, well, let me understand the objection because it's more information to help us find a solution. And then, of course, if you're still stuck, then you want to find qualified support to help you through. And of course, that's one of the uh, pieces that I'm, I'm here to offer you through Love Smart Cards. And so with that, I wanted to share with you some gifts that I have for, for you, for our viewers. Uh, the first one I had shared with you um, that I was gonna uh, give you a protocol for uh, creating conscious connected timeouts with your partner. And, with all your relationships. Like, what is the protocol? How do you set this up? How, how do we avoid going into that red zone or you know, creating harm to each other in that way? So when you sign up for the newsletter, that, the newsletter that'll be the first uh, email that you receive. And then I have a promo code, love more, and that'll give you $5 off your set of Love Smart cards. Um, this, the, the Love Smart cards are usually $47 plus shipping. It's, again, got four decks of cards. There's 84 universal needs, longings, values, desires in that set. There is 54 of each of those emotional categories, the emotions connected to fulfilled longings and unfulfilled longings. And uh, so 54 each. And then there's 56 character strength cards. 
There's also 14 guiding question cards and a quick start book that's going to include the simple step process along with some other game ideas, including the ones that I had told you I used with my son, that'll support you to make the most out of your Love Smart Card experience. And then, of course, in addition to that, I've created videos and guided journals, and I, I have a, a contact page where you can just write your questions because any questions, any, any feedback that you give me creates really wonderful materials so that I can continue to, uh, to share solutions with you via the newsletter. And uh, my colleague Linda and I also hold instructional workshops, webinars, and we offer group and personal coaching sessions. So as a reminder, this, you know, it really works for every relationship. Uh, we used an example of a romantic relationship. There's also um, parent-child relationship as demonstrated in what happened with my son. But it works with friends. It works from coworkers. These are really universal principles, and, and it works for every relationship every, and every relationship uh, challenge. So, um, Again, that $5 off for the Love Smart Cards. That promo code is also going to work when you sign up for a webinar or workshop uh, for the remainder of 2017. And with your card purchase, you get a complimentary 30-minute coaching call to gain insight on any challenging situation you might like to have a breakthrough in. And of course, I also want to offer you a discount off your first coaching package, um, just in my real enthusiasm to help you create breakthroughs and learn how to rewire your automated responses, those unconscious reactions, and really ground out practice, ground out, and create uh, new ways of being that are conscious at choice and will support you to really create the highest quality relationships um, that, that you can have. So uh, thank you for listening to all of that. And with that, I will hand it back to you, Lucia. So at what age uh, can we start using this card, like with children, when it comes to the, using it with the parent with children? Um, because I understand that there is, you know, one of the things I have a hard time uh, when my daughter was little, it was trying to teach her empathy or trying to teach her to uh, those kind of core values that are important to us it was I, I was having a hard time with it so at what age do you feel like you can start working with this card mm -hmm. that's a great question what I found is that um, eight is about the earliest sometimes kids can do it younger sometimes eight years old they're not quite ready um, but eight is the youngest, and, and my son just, he was really at a ripe age at 10. I would say that 9 to 14 is really a sweet spot with the cards. Prior to that one, we're trying to teach empathy. You know, children really build their sense of identity starting around age 7. Age 7 to 9 is when they start to build their sense of identity. And with that, empathy makes more sense. But before we have a, a sense of who I am, um, it's, it's a harder piece to teach. So at that point, it's really energy is more important. When you are, um, when you are practicing empathy yourself, when you're practicing generosity, when you're practicing forgiveness, you're modeling for them. 
Uh, I have seen some people use uh, similar cards where there is facial expressions, and sometimes that works for younger age. But I, I would really uh, say the sweet spot is that 9 to 14. And <laughs> having said that, I know many adults who love the cards, especially when they're in conflict with their partner. It's like, okay, stop talking. Let's just pull out the cards and let them speak for us. So for the parents who are going through a divorce um, and they have little kid, we know that between the age, between three to seven, eight, they start discovering themselves. But at the same time, they're going through so much emotional uh, stuff going on. How can the parents help them if they don't understand the concept of empathy and understand all the values? How can they help their kids? Mm -hmm. So that's going beyond the question of the cards, um, but I'm happy to, to share what I do know about that which is that it's just it's so important for kids to know that you love them and that you care and play can be wonderfully therapeutic so you got to you know create really high quality connection time and play time because at those younger ages they more naturally work out their emotions through play they they can work out the challenges through play so uh, so with those younger ages it's not the cards are uh, a bit too advanced for where they're at in that in their development but demonstrating that you love them using the language with them you're modeling it uh, so you wouldn't necessarily be using the cards with them but you would be taking time um, with yourself to look at okay what are my feelings and my needs and then you can still guess it's like okay well you know they're not eight years old yet, but still, they've got the same kind of needs. They, they want play, they want connection, they want to be heard and understood, they want creativity, um, so they want comfort. So you can still take time to guess what is it that they might be needing and how can I provide those needs to them? And that can help to demystify some of the challenges of younger children. Great. I think like you actually hit the point of this that you said modeling and also energy so it, they just came together um, because when we study energy we know that when we are in alignment with who we are in alignment with energy alignment with our feelings ah, taking time to breathe feel being present and be masters of filtering our you know, the interruptions of the world, right? Like filtering what's coming into our mind, our heart, you know, where our interaction is. So, you know, when we actually allowing ourselves to just be center in our energy, I feel a, a kid can feel it. Okay. So modeling, modeling the master's energetic being that we are, I feel like that was it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just find an answer for that one. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. So, using the card that we're talking with kids above eight and teenagers, um, how do you find this help? the relationship between uh, the parent and the kid when they are not living together and they live far away? 
that, God, that's so difficult. Um, again, you know, quality communication, whatever it, it is that you can create, you can visit that child that's best. If you're not able to, or even if you can, but you're not able to do it often, see if you can create some video contact with them. Uh, you know, technology is amazing for that now. It really helps people stay connected over long distances. If, if you don't have that, you know, there's, there's audio, phone calls. Um, I, I actually had a, a period of time with my son where I didn't even have access to that, and I started writing letters to him as a way to reach out and say, I see you, I love you, I care, because those are the messages they need. They need to know that, that, that you're thinking about them, that you haven't just disappeared off the face of the planet, but their life is important to you. And so it's, it's really, again, you know, you can use the cards to imagine what they might be going through, asking about their life. You can offer empathy. If they don't want to talk about it, you can, you know, hey, not a problem. You're honoring that they have a need for space and privacy. So again, using, you want to use the cards to be able to really instill the practices in yourself and then, and then model that and do it with them. If they have a set of cards, then you can, you can practice together over video. Well, that's that's one way of connecting. Um, so I, I would just really encourage you to find that way to make regular contact and send regular messages of I love, I love you, I care about you, your life matters to me, you're important to me, and and if you're going through pain, I want to be able to hold you through it, and if you have something to celebrate, I want to celebrate with you. You know, just really really work to create that that connected time. Yeah, it's so important to keep uh, in touch with the kid. Uh, I just bring it that safety and the, you know, the the need. One of the needs that we all have that being accepted and desired and wanted by everyone in our families, right? Like especially our parents, right? If our parents cannot share that emotion or that feeling that. Uh, of, of, of oh yes I love you you know if you are the greatest desire in my life and the kids don't feel that they definitely can create um some kind of like emotional uh, lack emotional bank you know bankrupt I call it so in that time period that you mentioned about a kid between eight uh, eight to fourteen they going to puberty <laughs> how does the love card has helped uh, in the process? One of the things that's helpful is that, yeah, hormones are changing, which really impacts emotions, and it can be a very confusing time. And so the Love Smart cards are a way of being able to sort yourself out. It's like literally and figuratively. What's going on? Why do I feel so berserk? And then you know, and then you're, you're looking at the cards. Do I feel indifferent right now? No. Do I feel jealous? Yes. Do I feel irritated? Yes. Do I feel apprehensive? No. And you're like, really, you can look at one card at a time, and then you can go, do I feel this? Yes or no? And so it's a somatic experience, uh, really hands-on, as you said, and it's simple enough that you can just go, okay, do I feel this? Yes or no? And it might turn out that you're like, Oh my goodness, all my emotions were overwhelming me because I had 35 emotions I was feeling all at once. They're all mashed together, <laughs> right? So it just helps you really gain a lot of understanding. And then you can see what, 
is what's shining out. Like, wow, you know, I'm noticing my jealousy is really up today. Why is my jealousy up? Well, because I have a need for belonging. And I, I noticed that, you know, the other girl was invited and I wasn't invited. I'm feeling sad about that. And so then, again, it gives you some ability to be conscious about the emotions that are arising, which are just trying to really show you what's up in your life, what matters to you, so that you can bring your conscious mind forward to be able to look at creating solutions for, for those pieces that are going to run amok if you don't create a conscious solution for it. So, the, yeah, hormonal time is definitely a time where, where things can get confusing and, and blown up. And, of course, you know, it's also it's understandable that, like, okay, these are, this is one of the things that happens as a human being is we have these life passages. And it's hard right now, and it's temporary, so let's work through it the best we can and, and know that it will balance out. Yes, and that also can help um, the couples when we women go through a period, through a moon cycle, menstrual cycle, and our hormones are like, oh, I love the place. <laughs> <laughs> and our parents are like, oh, well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your amazing wisdom and insight uh, with our community so they can build greater relationship with themselves, their partners, their children, and um, actually, you know, embody a bleachful life. It's, it's my pleasure. Uh, I just, you know, I love sharing this. It's really just made such a difference in my own heart and in the lives of people in my world, you know, my relationship with my son, with my family, and, and my clients. And to be able to spread that, you know, to be able to, do, like, share wisdom and knowledge to spread that goodness, there's really, there's no, no greater blessing on earth than to be able to take what we've found that, that works for creating more love in our lives and to be able to share that freely and fully with community. So thank you so much for inviting me to share this, and, and thank you for your shared passion. Really, again, grateful for your leadership in creating this summit and, and sharing this with the world. Thank you. So how can we find you again? Yeah, thank you. Um, so my website is www.lovesmartcards.com. So you can go there and my, you, know, you can contact me through there. You can buy the cards. You can set up an appointment. You can check out workshops that are happening. And that's really the, the best portal for staying in touch. Thank you, Katrina, so much for your amazing and powerful work uh, that you're sharing with the community. And thank you, uh, amazing audience, for joining us today to uh, this episode of the Conscious Relationship Uncoupling and Parenting Summit. So we'll see you in our next episode. Have a great day. Bye.